Ellen, you have to unmute. Mute. All right. Good morning. I am Ellen Logan, and I have been attending this church for over 40 years. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free-thinking, spiritually questing individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome a full range of theological perspectives, as well as a full range of spiritual traditions and practices. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we strive to be a community where everyone is able to fully participate, regardless of gender, gender expression, race, color, ethnic or national origin, religion, sexual affectional orientation, age, class, physical character, or disability. Whether you have been part of our congregation for decades, or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout room once the service has ended. We invite you to place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find on the uce.ca website. We gather today in gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. As part of that relationship, we are sharing with you the new Indigenous names that have been given to Edmonton's 12 redrawn municipal wards. The names were chosen by a panel of 17 Indigenous women the Committee of Indigenous Matriarchs and approved by City Council, December, 2020. Today, we share, we share with you Ward 9. Pihisawin Ward is a Southwest Edmonton, in Southwest Edmonton, the Terwilliger Windermere area. The Cree word means land of the Thunderbird. The ward, seen from the air, is shaped like a thunderbird and contains a ceremonial site. The thunderbird appears in artwork through the, throughout the Indigenous history and has different significance between cultures. 
In Cree ontology, Pihasuin is a word of power and reverence. The Thunderbird is a powerful spirit in the form of a bird. Lightning was believed to flash from its beak and the beating of its wings was thought to represent the rolling of thunder. When the Thunderbird strikes lightning, it re-energizes Mother Earth. The Pihesuin is the keeper of water. As water is crucial for life, the nourishment of our bodies and the bringer of beauty, the Thunderbird is viewed with extreme reverence. Good morning. I'm Reverend Leanne Washington, the Interim Minister for the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. Our worship service today will recognize Father's Day in much the same way that we recognized Mother's Day last month. We are also going to end our service with a recognition of those who were elected during this year's annual, annual general meeting and with an installation of the board. <clears throat> Our opening words this morning were written by Lorraine Botteroff McNeil and are titled, Empowering the Fathers of This World. She writes, Father's Day is a day in which we honor and offer gratitude for our fathers in whatever form or fashion they come into our lives. Biological fathers, stepfathers, adopted and foster fathers, grandfathers, spiritual fathers, and all of the uncles, brothers, and friends who, whether they know it or not, have helped to fill the role of father in someone's life. We are shaped by their presence and by their absence, by how they choose to act and when they abstain from acting, what they say and when they remain silent. Let us remember today and always the impact that these people have on us as individuals and as a community. And let us also remember that this relationship is not one-sided and that we as a community are called to support and empower the fathers of this world, no matter how they came into their roles and regardless of their relative successes or failures. Let us raise up their triumphs and let us have the grace to forgive them their all too human failures. Let us love our fathers and each other. Come, let us worship together. We begin our sacred time together the way Unitarian Universalists around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, Yvonne Moreau will share Consider the Light, written by Ben Sewell. Let us hold a quiet moment now as we light our chalice. Henry David Thoreau wrote in his journal on February 2nd, 1841, a child asked his father what became of the old moon. And he said, it was cut up into stars. Consider the light, light out of darkness. Light begets light. The light which the God of Genesis brought out of the darkness is the light that became our world. 
our sun's light reflecting off our moon is eclipsed, but then returns to us as our earth quietly moves out of its way. In our current scientific understanding of the origins of the universe, the light of everything that exploded from not quite nothing is the light that became the maybe everything of which we are a part. This light we now kindle here will become a light for each of us to carry forth as we find our way through the shadows on our path. Let us be grateful for the light in our lives even as we honor the dark from which the light came. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 357, Bright Morning Stars. community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where we will be able to see it. I will read some of them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording of the service. If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, 
then indicate that in the chat with the prefix private. You may also send your joy or sorrow to candles at UCE. Gordon and Robert light a candle in memory of Harry. Susan lights a candle of joy and celebration. So happy that we can have a church picnic in early August. Elaine is lighting a candle of gratitude for her children's birth fathers who lovingly came into their lives. Alex lights a candle of joy for being vaccinated later today, getting the second of two vaccinations later today. John lights a candle of joy for being able to zoom into the Child Haven event last evening and a candle of gratitude for Sylvia Crow and her team for bringing this event to us. Alyssa lights a candle of love and grief for her father, who she lost almost 30 years ago, and a candle of love and gratitude for the dad who joined her family shortly thereafter and who's been there for her through thick and thin. Robert lights a candle in memory of his dear father, John Begg. Uh, Marge uh, lights a candle of gratitude for being able to return to Albert's for lunch with her church friends and hopes that uh, others will join them there today. Audrey lights a candle of joy for her daughter, Kimberly, who's had her second vaccination on Thursday. Now we recognize all the unspoken joys and sorrows held within the sanctuary of our hearts and those who have yet to find a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. This morning, I invite you to silently join me in a spirit of prayer and praise as I share with you the words of Father's Day Prayer 
written by Kirk D. Lodwin Copeland. Let us praise those fathers who have striven to balance the demands of work, marriage, and children with an honest awareness of both joy and sacrifice. Let us praise those fathers who, lacking a good model for a father, have worked to become a good father. Let us praise those fathers who by their own account were not always there for their children, but who continue to offer those children now grown their love and support. Let us pray for those fathers who have been wounded by the neglect and hostility of their children. Let us praise those fathers who despite divorce have remained in their children's lives. Let us praise those fathers whose children are adopted and who love and support has offered healing. Let us praise those fathers who, as stepfathers, freely choose the obligation of fatherhood and earn their stepchildren's love and respect. Let us pray for those fathers who have lost a child to death and continue to hold the child in their heart. Let us praise those men who have no children, but cherish the next generation as if they were their own. Let us praise those men who have fathered us in their role as mentors and guides. Let us pray for those men who are about to become fathers. May they openly delight in their children. And let us praise those fathers who have died but live on in our memory and whose love continue to nurture us. With Mike's muted, please join in singing hymn number 123, Spirit of Life. Shaw in her work, These Are Our Dads, reminds us, that, reminds us that we recognize and honor today every dad who stood as their child shouted at them in anger or frustration. Every dad who tried to understand their child's clothing choices, new hairdo, or new tattoo. Every dad who suddenly realized their child might be right 
and was willing to listen. And every dad who honestly believed they were making the best choices that they could. We honor every dad who screwed it up, got it wrong, tried again, got it right, and often went from being the dumbest soul alive to the pinnacle of brilliance and back again in one day, according to his child. These are our dads. We honor and recognize today all those who taught us what they knew and forgave us when we got it wrong. Those who wanted to teach us but left too soon or simply did not know how to teach at all. Those who walked us to the bathroom in the dark and those who turned on the lights and waited up for us to come back on our own. Those who let us break their binoculars and steal their shirts and those who taught us why it was wrong to break and steal. These are our dads. We recognize and honor today all of the men who taught us what it meant to be honest, even when it was embarrassing. To tell the truth and admit our faults, to be human. We recognize too those fathers who could not teach us these things because they did not know themselves, but who hoped and prayed that we would do better than they ever did. These are our dads. Today, we recognize and honor all the men who have been there or tried to be there, no matter what. Those who have remained calm in a crisis and those who could not remain calm, but did not run away. Those who did run away, but came back again. And those who never came back, but always wished it could have been different. These are our dads, rich and poor, tall and short, slender as a pole or round as a basketball. They are the men who helped to raise us and those who formed us through their actions and their inactions. They are our dads, both fathers and adopted fathers, stepfathers and foster dads, fathers who have no children themselves, but who step in to help to raise the child of a neighbor or a friend, grandfathers and uncles, single moms who've had to learn to go beyond motherhood, trans dads who have given birth, trans dads who didn't, queer dads and gay dads and female partners willing to take on the role. They are our dads. Through love and hatred, joys and tears, addiction, mental health issues, perfect health, sickness, aging, wealth and poverty, absence and presence, they are our dads. They are because of us. We are because of them. They are our dads. Elaine Renard will now share with us some lessons and a few untruths her father, Herb Conroy, told her as a child. Elaine. I remember my dad taking me with him to make rounds at the hospital. He left me with the elevator operator while he was there. Yes, there were elevator operators in the olden days. I loved going up and down and was allowed to sit on the operator's chair. The elevator operator was very kind to me and I knew my dad would be back to pick me up and take me home. My lesson? I learned trust and kindness. I remember going with him to the Elks Club at Christmas time 
I was amazed that Santa knew my name and had a gift for me. This was absolute magic, my lesson. I learned the wonder of awe and how delightful the world could be. I remember dancing while standing on my dad's shoes. Music and dancing gave me a wonderful feeling of happiness. My lesson? The world is a grand place in which to dance and sing. How wonderful that has been my whole life. I remember putting salt in the sugar bowl every April 1st. After tasting his tea, my dad just smiled. My lesson? It is good for one's ego to laugh at oneself every once in a while. I remember that sometimes my dad didn't tell me the whole truth. He told me the water tank by the journal building was where everyone kept his or her money. I thought it must be a terrible nuisance to climb the very high ladder to get money from that place. He also told me all the milk in the city came from the white milk bottle that was above Edmonton City Dairy on 109th Street. I believed every word he said. The lesson? Don't always believe everything others say. I miss my dad very much. He died Easter Sunday uh, when I was 18. I didn't think I was going to do this, but I did. Anyway, yes, he died Easter Sunday when I was 18. Now, Lynn Turvey and John Turvey will share with us a few lessons they learned from Lynn's father, Charlie Andrews. If I could only use one word to describe my father, it would be solid. Try it again. Okay, sorry. Maybe the mic wasn't. Is the mic working now? It's fine. Okay. If I could only use one word to describe my father, it would be solid. That word would apply as much to his character and to his love for his family as to his strong six foot two inch frame. Heaving bales, shoveling grain on our farm east of Vulcan, wrestling with broken machinery and buildings in disrepair, or the hours endured on a bumpy tractor in burning heat and wind with just an umbrella to shield him from those elements were testaments to his fortitude. Charlie Andrews was a self-described son of a pioneer, a proud farmer and a good farmer, one who often had to coax his dryland crops through drought, insect infestations and hail, often with less than satisfactory results, but always planning for next year's bumper crop. That's where I learned the value of honest work, perseverance and hope. Despite the challenges of farming life, dad always found time for his family. I remember helping my parents pack up a makeshift camper so we could head to the hills for hiking, fishing, and campfires. A tarp over stock racks on the old pickup truck served the purpose one year when my brother and I were kids. That's where I learned that you don't need brand new stuff to have a good time, especially when you're with people you love. There were quiet times in the farming off season when dad taught us to play checkers and cribbage and poker 
pastimes that also provided brief periods of respite for him and his fellow soldiers in World War II. He would sometimes reminisce about those times. He, along with thousands of compatriots, had to be tough, simple as that. Yes, Dad was a rock, but the depth of his emotions did not always remain hidden. Nothing could bring tears to his eyes quicker than the stories he told of his service time and the sacrifices of so many, including those of civilians in those war-torn countries. That's where I learned that strength and compassion can live in the same heart. And where I learned so much about the value of a caring community and how to support and protect its vibrancy was seeing how dad's longtime involvement in the Vulcan Lions Club's fundraising and volunteer labor services ensured that our little town had so many amenities, swimming pool, arena, skating and curling rinks, ball diamonds, and so much more. When I moved away into my adult life and eventually met and married John, dad couldn't have been more pleased. He and my mother had been so happy for so many years and he hoped the same for me. Charlie was pretty pleased, um, but he could possibly have been happier if I didn't have a ponytail when we met. And later, when his suspicions were confirmed, and it turns out that I was indeed a liberal. But we bonded over our shared love of Lynn. He had never gotten used to the idea of two guys hugging, but it was not long until a heartfelt and warm embrace became a fixture of our greeting whenever we met. That was one of the first things I learned from Charlie, that we can all change at any age. One thing that never changed was Charlie's commitment to his family, and at that time to his wife, Lynn's mother, Ido. Ido was a delight beyond words and beyond measure. When Charlie shook my hand after Lynn and I were married, he leaned in and asked me to take care of his daughter. I promised I would. And I knew the expectation was the same caring and affection that he had modeled with Edo. This was a love and selfless devotion that I hadn't seen up close before. It's lesson number two. Charlie and Edo were great travelers and enjoyed long drives through the mountains and down to Arizona. He said the secret to making trips special and enjoyable was to make sure and take the time to stop along the way the journey, like life, was not about the beginning or the end, but about treasuring the people you meet and the people you love along the way. Lynn and I always stop now, and more often as not, we reflect on Charlie and Edo and how right they were about being neither here nor there, but simply together. Charlie taught me more profound lessons but they came later at the end. These lessons infused as they are with emotion are more difficult to articulate, but they speak of stoicism, courage, and the serene tranquility of, at letting go of a good life well-lived and a good family well-loved. I am and will always be grateful to Charlie for all he has taught me and to Charlie and Edo for the love they have shared with me. And of course, for the wonderful daughter, <laughs> for the wonderful daughter, <laughs> together on the farm in Vulcan. <laughs> there, I did it.
thank both of you all, well, all three of you for sharing your remembrances with us and the lessons that you have learned. Now with mics muted, please join in singing hymn number eight, Mother Spirit, Father Spirit. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have and the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and to offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca and click on donate in the upper left hand corner to find the donation method that best suits you. For the month of June, we encourage you to also support <coughs> George Spady Society. Please visit their website for more information about them. You will find a link to the IC link to their page on our church homepage. Now with Mike's muted, please join in singing hymn number 402 from You I Receive. Before we conclude this morning, I thank all the people who have volunteered to make today's service happen. Our slide creator and slide running team, Andrew Mills and Ruth Marriott. Our service recorder, Gloria Krenbrink. Our Zoom host and greeter, Jeff Bizantz, And our breakout room manager, Susan Rutan. Ruth, please stop sharing the slide presentation.
Everyone, please set your screens to gallery view by clicking on the icon usually found in the upper right hand corner of your screen. If you are in speaker view, then the icon you should click on looks like nine small squares. You'll know that you're in gallery view when you see many boxes with faces in them across the screen. We are grateful for all of you who share your time, talent, and treasure with us. Today, we are recognizing those who were elected at the annual general meeting to serve in various capacities. So from this point forward, when those of you who are being recognized this morning hear your name, please smile and wave. Aaron Thackeray and Wendy Smith were elected to serve with Beth Jenkins and Donna Hamer on the leadership committee. Doug Eastwell was appointed to serve with Larry Cherich on the audit committee. We are grateful for your dedication, commitment, and service. Today, we are also marking a significant transition in the life of this church community. According to UCE's bylaws, June 15th is the effective date for both those who are retiring from the board and those who were newly elected. This Sunday, immediately following the 15th, is an appropriate time for us to express our gratitude to those who are retiring and to install the next board of trustees. Karen Mills and Doug Eastwell are retiring from the board. The 2021-2022 the Board of Trustees is composed of Karen Belita, immediate past president, Mike Keast, president, Brandy Muller-Reed, vice president, Gloria Krenbrink, recorder, Andrew Mills, treasurer, and at-large members, Jennifer Askey, Marilyn Gay, Dave Hagel, and Susan Rutan. Members accept a position on our Board of Trustees because they care deeply about this church and are able at this time in their lives to contribute substantial amounts of time and effort to see that the congregation grows and thrives. As Unitarian Universalists, we continue the congregational polity of our ancestors such that each UU congregation freely elects its own Board of Trustees. Therefore, it is the congregation that has the power and the authority to install members of the board. Speaking on behalf of the congregation this morning is Ruth Patrick, who will express your gratitude to the outgoing members of the board and install the new 2021-2022 board. Speaking on behalf of the board this morning is Brandy Muller-Reed, board vice president. Ruth. To board members who are ending their service, we offer you our thanks for your guidance, wisdom, and dedication to the life of this congregation. Thanks in part to your efforts, we remain a strong and vibrant congregation despite the restrictions placed on us due to the pandemic. To you who are remaining or who are beginning service on the Board of Trustees, we offer our thanks. 
We install you today as our leaders. We grant you the authority to make decisions on our behalf and to our best interests as servants of the greater mission of this church and this free faith. We promise to support you in your work on our behalf. Fellow congregants, please indicate your assent and approval by smiling and waving your hands. I apologize for being a headless voice, but on behalf of the UCE board, it is with joy and deep sense of responsibility, we accept this election and installation. We pledge to give our best, to listen and be responsive to your concerns and to strive to make the Unitarian Church of Edmonton a vibrant, welcoming and safe space for all who enter our doors. Fellow board members, please indicate your assent and approval by smiling and waving your hands. And I am smiling and waving my hand. <laughs> ah, the torch has been passed. May you who are retiring accept our appreciation for your work well done. For you continuing or taking up the task, we hope that your terms of office bring you a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. May this year bless you and all of UCE as you move forward together in shared ministry. As we bring our service to a close, I share with you a story told by Jessica Starr Rockers. Perhaps your specific memories will elicit your own special memory or moment. She shares. Every Sunday morning growing up, my father would take us to mass at St. Peter's Catholic Church. I loved the hymns and the smells and bells as they say but the sermons were kind of a bore. So I would occupy myself by counting the cuts and scrapes and bruises on my father's hands. My dad was an electrician and a farmer, working with his hands from before the sun came up until long after it went down. So every week I would take his large hands in my little ones, turning them over, examining, discovering new bruises and keeping track of the healing of old ones. I would count the wounds and whisper the tally in his ear. I love that he let me hold and investigate his hands in this way, snuggled up next to him in the pew, in the quiet of the church, with just the priest's voice in the background. Having two jobs that demanded his attention, my dad didn't always have time for such intimacies, except on Sunday morning. And I took pride in those wounds. It was evidence of how hard my dad worked to take care of his family. He was a man who was often uncomfortable with expressing affection, but I could see in those hands how much he loved me. Was my dad a good dad? Was he there for me when I needed him? Did he protect me and provide for me? Did he care about me? When I asked myself those questions, I think, of his hands. As we extinguish our chalice, Yvonne Miro will share with us Kindle New Sparks, written by Deborah Burrell. We have basked in the warmth and beauty of this flame and this community. As the chalice flame is extinguished, let us carry its glow within. 
Let us kindle new sparks within these walls and beyond. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. our worship service this morning but before you go I want to remind you of several things first there's next week's service it's the UUA General Assembly service which begins at 10 o'clock a.m. mountain time so that's a half hour earlier than you're accustomed to you'll find uh, information about that in the Friday uh, newsletter also, please remember to contact Gloria Krenbrink if you would like to participate in the new Caring Connections program. Look for the announcement this morning and in the July newsletter. And finally, a memorial service for Reverend John Marsh will be held Sunday, June 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that means 1 p.m. Edmonton time. You'll find the link to that service in the Friday email sent out this past week and again next week. Now, please feel free to take a short comfort break, get a cup of coffee, and watch our weekly announcements as they go by. In a few minutes, you'll be invited into randomly assigned breakout rooms for conversation. As always, you may accept the invitation to join the breakout room, you may decline it, or you may accept the invitation, chat for a while, and when you're ready, come back to the main room, where I will remain for about an hour for questions about the service and general discussion. Thank you.